every other brand you're going to look at, they have CBD in it, but it's in a oil base. So that's why you hear CBD oil, because CBD goes into solution in oil. As a molecule, it's just a white powder. It looks like cocaine, but I, you don't want to do lines of it. <laughs> Let's don't do that. Hi, this is Glenn Estes, and I'm a big-ass runner from Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, home of Wild Turkey Bourbon. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now, here's your host, Jeff Harrell. Well, Glenn, thank you so much for that intro. Again, another retro intro I'm pulling from way back in the early part of the podcast, back in the library and wanted to bring this one forward. So thank you so much, Glenn, for that introduction. Well, my name is Jeff Harrell. This is the Big Ass Runner Podcast, episode number 95, heading towards triple digits. Very exciting. We have a great show for you today. I realize I say that every week, but I truly believe it. If I didn't believe it, I would tell you. You would also probably tell me if it wasn't great. Please do. We love feedback, by the way. Please let us know segments that you like, episodes that you like, segments that you wish we'd bring back, maybe we haven't done in a while. We love feedback. Well, today on the show, in segment number one, if you've ever wondered about CBD, you've seen it, you hear about it, you see the stores popping up everywhere, and you wonder... I kind of know what it is. It's sort of like marijuana, I think. I think it's legal now. I don't know. Does it help runners? How does it help runners, trail runners specifically? You're going to get a lot of clarity on all that in segment number one. Very excited about that first segment. In segment number two, someone asked me the other day, hey, what are your main lessons learned from doing this podcast? And so I thought about that. I was like, okay, that's a, that's good to reflect and learn and see what you've learned over time now that we're at episode 95 and I've done quite a few episodes at my day job as well. So I'm, I'm like 120, 130 podcast episodes. There's a few lessons learned. And I started jotting them down. I came up with seven. And what I realized is all seven also pertain to trail running. Pretty awesome. So I'm going to share those seven things with you. And if you're a trail runner, and especially if you're a new trail runner, I think you will find some good, hopefully some good value in these seven lessons learned. But before we get to that, couple things. Number one, we, and we've asked for these before, but one way you can really help the show. If you like the show, you've listened, you're like, hey, Jeff, how can I get back to the show? One of the best ways you can is to give us a written review on Apple Podcasts. Even if you don't use Apple to listen, if you can find your way over there, that is the best place and one of the easiest ways. And by the way, free ways to help the show because with the algorithms and all that, Apple uses the more positive reviews, the easier it is to find the Big Ass Runner podcast. And there's a lot of podcasts out there. We would love people to find it. So that's one thing. That's kind of a challenge. I know I've triple dog dared you in the past, but we would love some written reviews. You can rate us however you want to, just an honest rating. Of course, we love the five star, but if you want to go different, go right ahead. 
It'd be great. We would just love a written review. And then the second thing, I mentioned kind of off the cuff last episode that we have some hoodies. It's not on the BigAssRunner.com merchandise store. I ordered some back when we did Bandera and we've got some. So I had a couple people reach out and say, did, did I hear that right? Do you have some hoodies? I realize it's summer or coming into summer. You may not want them now, but you may want to get one for the fall and winter. We do have them. They are black with the white Big Ass Runner script. Very simple. Very cool. You may have seen us wear them at the Chapasade station. But they are $45. That's including shipping. So that's all in. Unfortunately, shipping costs are a little bit higher. So we're at $45. So if you're interested, either DM me on Instagram or email me at Jeff at Big Ass Runner. While supplies last, some big ass runner hoodies, let me know. All right, well, with that, let's get going on episode number 95 of the Big Ass Runner. Yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the one who's havering to you. But I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more just to be. As I mentioned in the open, if you're kind of confused about CBD, you've heard about it, you you kind of know a little bit, you see the stores popping up, you maybe hear people, is it is it used for runners? Is it not? Sleep? What's it? What is it? How do, how does it help me? Why the why the big to do? It seems to be a lot of activity around that. Well, I had the same question and got introduced to someone named Eric Smart. Eric is the CEO and founder of Myoderm. Myoderm is one, and you'll hear a lot more about it here in the interview here in a second, but Myoderm is one of the best products out there, and Eric is very knowledgeable about the whole industry, the benefits, why trail runners would use it. I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. And there's a little, I'm going to give you a little bit of a teaser. You may want to listen to the very end because it's great, but also there might be a little offer for you at the end as well. And a little bit of an announcement also we're very excited about. So with that, here's my conversation with Eric Smart. Well, now joining us on the Big Ass Runner Hotline is the CEO and founder of Myoderm, Eric Smart. Eric, welcome to the show. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to have you because I feel like, and I said this in the open, I feel like trail runners, we've, we've heard of CBD, we've seen it in the media, we see stores popping up, but I feel like there's a lot of confusion about the benefits and how it can help trail runners. So I'm very excited to talk to you about that. But I do want the Big Ass Runner Herd. And by the way, you're getting to talk to some of the best people in the world. The Big Ass Runner Herd, our listeners are some of the best people. I want them to get to know you a little bit. So give us a little bit about your background, your your athletic background, and, and where you are in the world today. Well, man, I am excited to be here. You guys got a great podcast. I listen to you a lot. I spent decades logging miles. I have been there. I literally feel your pain. And fortunately now, I make products that can help with that. And, you know, it got started. I, you know, I've got kind of an interesting relationship with running. 
I went to a military college in South Carolina called the Citadel, which they use running for torture. <laughs> yeah. So for, for four years, I was tortured. And then you get out of college and you don't have any money and you want to kind of stay in shape. So naturally think, oh, running pretty cheap, you know, buy some shoes and good. And I just started, kept logging miles and started doing marathons and, you know, all through my 20s, just put in a tremendous amount of mileage. And then I transitioned to trying triathlons and I kept running quite a bit. But one thing I noticed, my body started falling apart because I would, I would be categorized as aspiring to mediocrity. <laughs> I, <laughs> I do not have the best genetics for running. Well, you, you're on the right show. We, we love, yeah, we were for the everyday runner and a lot of us are mid to back of the pack. There's a lot of us that, that can sometimes think about podium, but yeah, you're talking to the right group. Well, then you know how it is, man. You get out there and you're, you're feeling good. Like you, you're finally logging 10, 15 mile runs and you start getting the community. All of a sudden, I'll never forget, especially way back in college, I was really running. We had to do what's called the PFT, the physical fitness test. And to max it, to your run was two miles, and you had to run it at about six-minute miles, which is quick. And I remember I was able to do that by my junior year. I was feeling really good. And there's a guy, Jason Williams, who he showed up for a physical fitness test my junior year. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crush this thing. And I'm running, setting the pace, like I'm on the lead group, and we're just chugging along and feeling strong. And all of a sudden, I just get this whiff of alcohol smell hitting me. And I look next to me, and it's Jason Williams. And I, I know him. And he's pretty legendary as a great athlete. And the guy just takes off. He crushed all of us, and he was still drunk from last night. <laughs> How do you do that? Yeah. That's what I realized. Like, you know, I should have fun with this. I got I to gotta quit setting, setting goals. And what I realized was bigger miles allowed me to do that. And I enjoyed the mileage and kind of got the zen and the, you guys know how it is. When you finish the run, you sit down and eat something and think about the run, right? It's all kind of this experience. And I got into triathlons because my biomechanics were falling apart. My, you know, IT band was just crushing me. Never Could never really get that under control. My knees, everything was kind of giving me problems. I started riding a bike to supplement it. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty good at this. Got a good aerobic base. And that background in swimming. So that finally went all the way down the road to focusing on cycling as I couldn't really run much anymore because it just was beating me up. And, you know, I look back, probably technique practice would have done a lot over the years, less heel strike, you know, just better technique in general. But also, I didn't know how to manage inflammation well. You know, I've been very fortunate in my career. I've got to pursue several things and start companies. And as I moved from Southern California to Denver, I started looking at the cannabis industry in 17. Actually, it was 16. I was evaluating it. And, uh, I didn't know anything about it. And I would not really used cannabis ever really in my life to any extent. And I was like, okay, how is this working? And I started to explore what the therapeutic capabilities were. And I had previously come from building out facilities for drug manufacturers and big ones out in Southern California. So I knew how to make drugs. I was like, okay, well, let's see how we make this. And we started looking at each part that was trending in the cannabis industry. And there's really two. There's THC, part that gets you high. And then there was CBD that was emerging as, okay, this seems to have some therapeutic capabilities. And we field tested it, and we saw it's great anti-inflammatory. 
just really great. It also has antibacterial properties. It's, it's, it's a great molecule. And that's what it is. It's a molecule in the cannabis plant. And do you know the other molecule in the cannabis plant? No. Yeah, you do. It's I called do? THC. Oh, THC. Yeah. I thought it was a trick <laughs> question. <laughs> it's not. It's straight up. So the people are confused by like, this is a plant, cannabis, marijuana, weed, whatever. The technical name is cannabis. And it is just a plant. There's no uh, cannabis sativa and cannabis indica, which are two types of plants. Sativa is by far the most prevalent. So when you hear all this stuff about cannabis, weed, marijuana, and then you'll hear about industrial hemp or hemp, yep. they're all the same plant. Okay. All exactly the same plant. They have different genetics. Okay? The genetics means what kind of molecules are specific to that growth of that plant. So uh, industrial hemp, is designated by the FDA as a cannabis plant that has less than 0.3% THC, that molecule. What they do is they try to have as much CBD molecule in it as possible. So it has higher yield and they can sell it as a uh, commodity. So actually we buy that molecule and we make products. And the company's name is MyDerm and we make pain relief and skincare products, all topical application because that's technically all that's legal in the U.S. You can't see ingested products, but technically they're illegal. The FDA specifically says that, but they don't enforce it. So for whatever reason, but we, we stay compliant, and that's that served us well. We have the most distribution in national retail stores of any brand. You can find us like in GNC, Dick Sporting Goods, Rite Aid. And what we do also is we use transdermal technology to drive CBD into the muscle and connective tissue, which is where you want it. And that's how we reduce inflammation using CBD. So that's kind of the, the overarching kind of how my background, how I came into evaluating this industry and my interest in it. And yeah, it's been a super interesting ride since we started the company in 17. I can imagine, and you hit on something I want. I want to drill in a little, a little deeper. You talked about the inflammation, and we were talking a little bit earlier. I feel like, for me as a trail runner, inflammation is not something we talk about enough. And the reason I say that, I was talking to Eve Pearson, who I work with for nutrition, and she was telling me, you know, because we're, we're, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get a little bit leaner and lighter so I can be a little bit faster and more efficient. And I'm actually working on my mechanics, as you just talked about a second ago. But she said, Jeff, don't weigh yourself on Monday, which was the day I was normally weighing myself, because it tends to be right after you've done your longest runs of the weeks on, on the weekends, on Saturdays and Sundays, and you'll have a lot more inflammation and you'll your weight will be different than you expect. It may, it's probably going to be more, but it's just, it's, it's a variable you can't control. And I think inflammation is one of those things you kind of hear about, you're like, ah, you know, you don't take it all that seriously, or you don't necessarily know what to do with it other than maybe, you know, pop an Advil or something. So if you wouldn't mind with your experience, help us dive into inflammation a little bit. And, and what is that doing to the body? What is that doing to us as runners? And how does CBD help us? Man, I'd love to. That's been a you know, anyone who's an endurance athlete is really fighting inflammation on a regular basis, right? Recovery, getting enough sleep so the body can process the inflammation and recover from heavy training. And 
that's part of the body's way to allow itself to heal and increase capabilities. It actually tries to block you from doing more because like, hey, you've overloaded the system. Let's uh, shut it down and let's do some repair. Obviously, we all push through that. We take NSAIDs, you know, like ibuprofen, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, and those can be useful. But the problem is when you take those, you're, you're overriding the body's system that it uses to recover. It's, it's, you've got internal pacing that's optimal for you. And those external exogenous drugs, what they do is they tend to override it and, and impair, actually, your ability to recover on a regular basis. They'll take away the pain. They'll reduce the inflammation. But your body's total recovery and its ability to grow muscle improve endurance, improve your cardiovascular system is actually reduced by repetitive, especially habitual usage of exogenous anti-inflammatories that are NSAIDs. So enter CBD. What is the difference in how this works? The ibuprofen you're taking is an active ingredient that goes into your body and actively reduces inflammation. Great product. But as we stated, it has, if you use it habitually, you're going to have problems both in recovery in the sense of maximizing recovery and muscle growth. And it's very hard when you ingest it on your GI tract, specifically with ibuprofen and kidney. So you don't want to take it on a regular basis. People with arthritis, they don't take it on a regular basis for that reason. Um, CBD, especially a transdermal, which means through the skin, application of it does not have a negative impact on your system. So the portfolio of side effects is nominal. It really doesn't do anything negative, but it does have a lot of benefits. And the primary benefit for inflammation is it inhibits the breakdown of anandamide in your body. So your body, one of the ways your body reduces inflammation by itself endogenously is through a substance called anandamide. Now, anandamide is broken down by an enzyme. What CBD does, it inhibits that enzyme from breaking that anandamide down. So what you do is you get more of your body's natural ability to reduce inflammation localized and sustained in the area. So it dramatically improves that by you know, factors. And to the point when you apply it, you will notice reduction in inflammation and pain in a few minutes. It's very quick. And the upside is, you don't have the exogenous material coming into your body and driving the inflammation down. You have a quote-unquote natural. Your body's actually doing it. So this is a super competitive advantage around CBD for regular use and allowing you to recover faster and get all the gains from your training session that you want. Is that making some sense? That makes total sense. And, and a follow-up question to that then, because I, th- I know a lot of people you mentioned, you, you, you hit an Advil every time you get inflammation. In terms of CBD, you just, you just talked about you know, there's, there's very limited negatives, more positives. Can you apply CBD on a regular basis? Does it lose its benefits? Is there any harm in being able to kind of apply it daily or before a run or what's some of the the limitations in terms of how often you can use it right those are good questions because those are things you're going to in drugs and cbd is actually a drug there's a prescription medication called epidiolex that has an indication 
for reducing seizures in children. There's a disease called Dravet's and one other that it has indications for, and it's very effective in doing that. So it's a powerful molecule. Now, what it does in your body is it does two things that are great. The thing that's a positive is, as I said, it helps anandamide localize when it's a transdermal application, concentrate and not be broken down. So you're going to get great endogenous uh, reduction of inflammation. What it doesn't do, which is great, is it doesn't build up in the system with a large portfolio of side effects. And at the same time, it doesn't have diminishing returns. So a lot of drugs you can take, you know, over time, you have to use more to get the same effect. But the diminishing return model, it, that doesn't exist. It's a one-for-one one exchange always. You can use it daily or even even more than that, and there's no, there's no ne- negatives to that? Correct. Correct. Especially, and I want to be very particular about this, with a transdermal application. So what's happening is, like, let's say your knee's bothering you, right? You just get off the run. You just feel an aching in the top of your knee right there. You apply it. Boom, it's gone. Or you apply it before you run. You've got it depoted in the muscle and connective tissue. You won't even have the inflammation hit you while you run. So those are two ways to use it pre and post. And you can do that every day with no side effects because it's not hitting your GI tract. It's not impacting any of your organs. It's right there localized in the muscle and connective tissue. So this gets to a couple of variants out there that you need to be aware of. Ingested CBD which has a different profile, and other topical products. So I'm here promoting, of course, the product we make because it's exceptional. It is beyond anything in the market. I can sit there and walk through all the technical specifications, the transdermal capabilities, the fifth generation of it. This is the latest generation of transdermal application that emulsifies the CBD then polarizes it so it can actually go through your skin because CBD is what's called a lipophilic molecule or hydrophobic, either way. That means it likes oil and it doesn't like water. So anything that's lipophilic wants to sit on top of your skin, but you emulsify it, which means you basically kind of encapsulate it into a water molecule, and then it can penetrate your skin. And then on top of that, we have penetration enhancers and drivers to push it through your skin and your muscle connective tissue. There's no other brand on the market that does that. Every other brand you're going to look at they have CBD in it, but it's in a oil base. So that's why you hear CBD oil, because CBD goes into solution in oil. As a molecule, it's just a white powder. It looks like cocaine, but I, you don't want to do lines of it. <laughs> Let's don't do that. Well, And that's interesting. And I'd love for you to put your athlete's hat on, because I think a lot of our listeners are hearing, okay, great. It's, it's going to help me with inflammation, and, and I can totally see that. There's no negatives. I can use it daily if with your athlete's hat you know and I know you work with a lot of athletes how do you see like like in terms of kind of best practices like hey if you you know you you got a, a little bit of an issue with your right knee put a little bit on before during after like what's what's some best practices that people can use in actually using the product there's certainly pre and post is going to be your most active use of it and give you probably the most benefits especially if you have a condition where you're always firing up. For example, one exercise I do on a regular basis is pulling a sled. So this is a way to kind of get your heart rate up and create kind of a, a strength and cardio 
exercise at the same time. So you put some weights on a sled and you pull it, but it really torques your hips out a lot because you're wearing like a belt. Well, that just fires up my IT band, which I've struggled with forever. And what I'll do is I'll apply it before. And if I don't, I'm going to go about five minutes and that thing's going to start going crazy. But if I put it on 15, 20 minutes, no problem. And then post, I'll still apply it just to make sure it doesn't fire back up at any time during the day if I've done a hard workout. So that's one way to approach it. Another way to approach it is after a heavy training load, you're feeling unusually fatigued and you need to recover faster than normal. You know, that's a great time to use it. So you don't have to use it all the time. You can if you like, but it's based on personal preference. And I will say this, it does have, in that case, if you have areas where you're constantly struggling with inflammation, you're going to dramatically improve your performance because you will stop struggling with them. Yeah. And that, that's a great thing. That's great. I, I crowdsourced a few questions because I, I was wondering with the big ass runner herd, you know, what, what are your questions about, about CBD? And you've already hit on some of them. One was, you know, what is it? Obviously that's a big question. How is it different from, from marijuana? How is it different from hemp seed oil? You've, you've hit on some of that. Others, and this, these are probably going to seem like so obvious to you because you're in this industry and you know about it, but I think for some of us that aren't, just it's not so obvious. Is it addictive? Well, that's a good question because it's coming from a community where cannabis was seen as it's a state-changing drug, right? So that's a serious consideration. Uh, CBD is not. It is not a state-changing drug. There's no effect that's going to change your perception. The only thing you will notice is reduction in pain. Now, there are start studies coming out about anxiety. Anandamide does interact with the body around anxiety and motivation. So, you know, the body's a complex system layered on complex systems. So who knows, right? But as far as like getting high or having any issues like that, you don't. Great. The other was, hey, well, I, if I use CBD cream, will I fail a drug test? That's an outstanding question. As I demonstrated before, CBD is a molecule. THC is a molecule. If you have a complete extract of the cannabis plant, which you'll often hear referred to as full spectrum, that's kind of a spectrum type thing. It's, it's industry lingo for the entire plant material, all the molecules in it being extracted into an oil base. That has some potential because there, there may be trace THC in that. The other type of way to get CBD products is just have the molecule. So, of course, how we make products is single molecule products with just the CBD molecule. So there's zero THC. There are no THC molecules. in there. But if you do see full spectrum, you should be conscientious of that, especially if you're taking it orally. So really the answer here is get myoderm. You don't have to worry about it. So, Eric, another question I got, I think people want to know, what's the difference between, I know you guys have the, the cream, between the cream and the and there's drops, and ingested, and oils. What's the difference between all those? So, there's a, there's a big difference, and it's very important to understand the mechanics of how those work. We make a transdermal, highly technical, drives it through the muscle into the connective, it drives it to the muscle and into the connective tissue there. Um, if you're taking ingested product, Everyone knows that's a systemic delivery. Like it's going all over your body, whereas ours is going local. So you're getting that ingredient, that CBD, right there where you need it. If you're taking it systemically, you need at least six times as much of that ingredient to actually get to, let's say your elbow hurts, right? But it's going through your whole body. 
So, for example, we're going to deliver, say, 20 milligrams of CBD into that area, and you're going to feel a massive reduction in inflammation and pain. You need six times that to get just to start to get an effect around your elbow. And what's going to happen during the 200 milligram range? And when you buy this stuff, um, you know, from an ingested capsule, oils, whatever, you're buying it like 10 milligrams, 20 milligrams. So you you got to take a lot, and then it is impacting your GI tract. It's actually impacting your liver, and CBD does interact with the liver when ingested in a non-positive way. So the uh, drug epidiolics through clinical trials show there are issues with liver interactions at very high dosages for long periods of time. That's the same with ibuprofen and anything else. So you're getting the trade-offs are with transdermal, you can avoid the GI tract. When you're ingesting, it's easier and more popular, but you're impacting your GI tract and you need very, very high doses. So I've got another question that crowdsource, and this one's a little too close to home. It hits me a little too close to home, Eric. Is CBD even more beneficial for older athletes? Hypothetically, yes, because we're more busted. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I've known a lot of young guys and gals who, you know, they have injuries. Their biomechanics lend themselves to having inflammation more because we're all unique in that regard. So, you know, it's case by case. However, statistically, the older you are, the more probability you're going to be dealing with repetitive use issues that often lead to inflammation. Your stressors in life tend to be higher. So, yeah, that's that's kind of how it goes. But the good news is it's, it's just as effective for everyone. Love it. Well, I have had a chance to use your products, and I would love for you to talk a little bit about it. I've got, you've got different products within your portfolio. Tell us a little bit about the, the differences, and you know, if we're sitting here going, okay, yeah, I would really love to try this. I've got inflammation issues with whatever, fill in the blank. Help us understand some of the differences between your products and, and w- help us identify maybe what would be right for us. Well, good news is it's not that complex. That's uh, great. That's three... great news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, like, I like keeping things simple for myself, too. We have three categories within our advanced line of products for pain relief. So we have advanced therapy, advanced sport, and advanced RX. And the fundamental difference is advanced therapy is a light citrus scent that will go away almost instantaneously. The advanced sport has a eucalyptus scent. It kind of smells a little more like a traditional sport cream, but you know, within a minute, it's going to be gone too. It has a tiny, tiny bit of menthol, and that's a good point. Because what we want to do is we want to kind of recreate a very, very light sport kind of sensation, but it's not icy hot, okay? You put on icy hot, that's 10% menthol. Now, menthol is a great ingredient. It desensitizes pain, but it doesn't do anything for inflammation. That's a key understanding of when you also look at other CBD products. I'm, I'm saying bluntly, I'm not trying to badmouth my competition. If they made excellent products, I say, that's a great product. We think we're better because of this, right? I'm saying they're ripping you off. They're selling you menthol products. The other CBD topical brands will sell you 5, 10, 15% concentration of menthol or even lidocaine and sprinkle some CBD in an oil base so you know it's not getting into your skin, right? Mm, right. And then they'll charge you 30, 40, 50 bucks for it. When you go buy nine bucks, for some icy hot if you're using menthol. Yeah. 
So that's what I want to point out to everyone listening. Look at those ingredients. It may say CBD on it, but if they have 5, 10, 15% methyl, or if you open it up and it smells like a locker room, I'm I'm telling you right now, you're just buying a menthol product. Finally, our RX line, which are our strongest, is going to be a 10% concentration. So RX10, advanced RX10, or advanced RX20, which is a 20% concentration. To put that into perspective, our therapy is 2.5% and 5% for a double strength, and our sport is 2.5% and 5% for a double strength sport. 2.5% is an outstanding amount of CBD to reduce inflammation locally. We make up to 20% concentration. So that is absolutely saturating an area. If you want something that is going to be the most effective in high concentration of inflammation, we make that too. So those are the three lines we have. And Eric, would it be fair to say, so if I'm a, if I'm a runner, I'm probably going to gravitate towards the sport version you just mentioned well, it's got cool graphics on it, so I understand that. But I'll tell you, there's there's no functional difference between therapy, sport, and even RX other than concentration and fragrance. RX is fragrance-free. There's no fragrance in it. So if you just don't like fragrance, RX is the way to go. If you like a light eucalyptus, kind of sporty smell, sport. If you like a citru- very light citrus, therapy is the way to go. Got it. Awesome. That's helpful. That's helpful. And when when we first started talking, you're you're talking to me about CBD. I'm like, you know, I I would love to talk to you guys, but I, you know, I really need to use your your product to make sure it's something that I feel like works. And you guys sent me some all three of the products you just talked about, and I gotta tell you, I started using it, and I was like, man, this works. You know, I've I am an older athlete. I will I will admit that I do deal with inflammation. And I was having some real trouble. And it's funny, the timing was great because I was having some trouble with my neck and it was even keeping me from sleeping. And I mentioned to you on the phone, I started applying to my neck. It just it just soothed the pain. But also, and maybe because it soothed the pain and, and reduced the inflammation, I was sleeping better. So I think this, these things, I mean, it's, it's a great product. I've used it myself. I love it. And we're about to make a, a really big and exciting announcement, Eric. You and I, are, we're going to, partner the big ass runner is going to partner with myoderm we're very very excited about this we're too I, I love the running community i've been you know like i said, I spent decades put in the miles and anything i can do to help everyone out there who's in my shoes aspiring to mediocrity i am with you i feel you so one thing you can do is not hurt that would be nice <laughs> well the, the big ass runner herd has heard me say this we we only partner with very few companies and products and they really have to be products that we love and use people that we love and, and like and and you know feel good about it and companies the same way and you guys checked all those boxes for us and so we're, we're super excited to work with you all and and tell the big ass runner herd you know the best way if they're, they're interested they've heard you talk about it they want to try it what's the best way for them to get some product fastest easy is just go online go to myaderm m-y-a-d-e-r-m.com you can check at your local GNC or Dick's Sporting Goods, but going online will get you there super fast. And if they use the discount code Big Run, they'll get twenty percent off. Oh wow! We want to give you guys a little extra for putting the miles in. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Big Run in the just in the discount code area of the checkout. Yep. 
That's awesome. Well, Eric, thank you so much for your partnership. We're excited about that. But more than that, just for your your knowledge and your information. And again, I think pain and dealing with pain, inflammation is such a big problem for trail runners and, and athletes alike. And so super glad you're able to share some of your wisdom and knowledge and, and create a product that helps solve that problem. Well, it's my pleasure. We love what we do here. Every day we hear great things and get great feedback on helping folks. And we'd like to hear the same from the folks listening to your podcast and be a part of their journey. And if someone wanted to, to reach out, do you guys have a, a Instagram? What's the best way for someone to do that? We are on Instagram and Facebook. Certainly, if they want to uh, ping us there, it'd be great. They can also go straight. We have a chat feature through our website. They can ask questions. We'll reply to those immediately, pretty much. Yeah, it's uh, we love to interact, and it's a very active environment. We have, we're constantly answering questions all day long. So don't, feel free to reach out anytime. That sounds great. Well, Eric, thanks again. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Really enjoyed it. Well, one of the things we absolutely love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there just making it happen. We have an awesome one this week. We have Courtney Joseph. Courtney just finished her very first 50 miler and she picked a tough one. She picked the cruel jewel. She finished it a couple of weekends ago. She crushed it. She did an awesome job. And what's really cool is that Courtney was nominated by her friend CJ for this shout out and kudo. If you have someone you would like to nominate for a shout out and kudo, please let us know. CJ did that. CJ, thanks so much for sending that in. And Courtney, awesome job on that first 50 miler at Cruel Jewel. You rocked it. You crushed it. It was a gem of a race. Way to go. I hear her voice in the morning out. She calls me. We started this podcast back in July of 2020, and just like everybody else, starting podcasts during the pandemic, we have really enjoyed it. I say we, when we first kicked this podcast off, it was myself and Stephen Pritt as co-hosts, and then we have recurring guests, as you guys know, the Bazers, Timmy Time, and Marcy. And we've, over the year and a half, almost two years now, we have added new recurring guests from Dr. Lisa to Dr. G to Eve Pearson, Kelly Modica, Sarah Vandernut. We just have so many awesome people that we've been able to talk to over the last almost two years. And as you guys know, Stephen got an awesome, great promotion at his work and has had to back off for a season, but still feel like this is a labor of love by not just myself, but a whole group of people. And I had a friend ask the other day, what lessons that I've learned since starting this podcast and starting a podcast that I have at work as well. And I started writing these things down and I thought, okay, hopefully this is valuable to anyone's either thinking about a podcast or wanting to do one. But then I thought, you know, as I look at this list, it's actually very applicable to trail running as well. So we'll see if you guys agree that these lessons learned about the podcast also apply to trail running. 
So you get ready, get your pens out, your paper. Let's see how this goes. Lesson learned number one, just start. I think a lot of people get this idea, hey, I want to start a podcast. I want to do something. I've got an idea. But then you could think, oh, you know, it's a lot of work to figure it out. And then you start to work on it, you try to figure it out. But then you try to make sure everything is perfect or you got every answer to every detail and you never get it launched. You just never, it's like starting a business too. Same idea. Got this great idea for a business. Never get it launched because you think you got to have everything figured out, every answer, every I dotted T crossed, whatever other cliche you want to throw in there. But what I've learned is put a stake in the ground, put a date down and start on that date. Just start by putting a date down, writing it down. It's a forcing function to make you go, okay, here's what I got to do to get this at least started. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's that whole idea of minimum viable product. Just get it launched. Just start. Same is true for trail running. I've had a lot of people say, hey, I, I would love to start running. I would love to do a trail run. What do I do? And the thing I say every time is sign up for a race. It can be a 5K, it can be a 10K, it can be a half marathon, it can be a 25K. I mean, probably shorter if it's your first one, but just sign up. By signing up, putting a little skin in the game, it will help you get started. Then you're like, okay, I got to do this thing. I better start training a little bit, better f- figure out a few things for race day. It's an, again, a forcing function to get things moving. So number one for a podcast or for trail running, just start. Number two, keep it simple. When we started this podcast, and this is more on me than, than Steve and everyone else, I thought, wow, you know, we've got this podcast, it's growing. We have to have a website, we have to have merch, we have to have a list for people to sign up and an email and all the things we we need all this stuff. And the truth of the matter is we do not, <laughs> we've got things we haven't used. We've got a website. It's fine, but it doesn't really add a ton of value. Keep it simple. You can add those things later. I think it's one of those things where add it when you absolutely have to, but don't add it before you need to keep it simple. That goes a little bit along with just start, just start, keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate it. You don't need all the things like you think you might. And I think the same is true for trail running. A lot of times we overthink it. We need to have the latest gear or this or that, or, you know, I, what, what do I need to run my first? A lot of times it's, you need shoes and some shorts and a shirt. Just go keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Just do it. Just get out there and do it. Keep it simple. So that's number two. Number one was just start. Number two was keep it simple. Third thing that I've learned in starting this podcast, be you. What I mean by that is, I don't know if you've heard other podcasts. I listen to some and tell the host is either trying to be someone else or not injecting their personality or not giving their point of view. And I think you want to bring 
you, the unique you, the things that make you you to the table, be able to be authentic and transparent and bring your perspective and your point of view. It's unique to you and it brings flavor to either the conversation or to the podcast or to whatever it is that that you're doing to the meeting that you might be at work or to the conversation around a table. Just be you. I think people want to get to know the true authentic you. Don't try to be like, you know, this maybe a, a podcast host you admire and you're trying to model that. It's okay to learn from that person, but be you. Bring that unique piece of you to the table. Bring your point of view, whether it's, hey, I'm a Clydesdale and I'm going to embrace that. And I love cilantro and I think things are fantastic. Like bring your personality. I think the world needs that. Only you can bring. I think the same thing is true for trail running. I know a lot of people feel like, oh, I'm not fill in the blank. I'm not fast enough. I'm not a great climber. I just don't have enough experience. Or most of the time for me, it's been, I don't feel like I can keep up with these people or I'm fast enough or I'm going to look bad or whatever. Oh, that's fine. Whatever you bring to the table, your personality, your skill set, it will be awesome. Just be you, be you on the trails, dress the way you want to dress, be you, and the world will be better for it. So that's number three. Number one was just start. Two was keep it simple. Three was be you. Four, and this is something we talk a lot about on this show, know your why. Know your why. For a podcast, I think it's really important to understand who it is that you want this podcast to be for and specifically why you're bringing them this content. When Steve and I talked about a podcast, we wanted it to be non-technical, non-heavy, you know, heavy, heavy interview. We wanted it to be for the everyday runner. We knew that was kind of who we wanted to talk to, but we wanted it to be something that would encourage people and entertain people. And that's the lens we try to use when we think about any episode. Is it going to encourage someone? And sometimes that's information like we had in segment one. And sometimes that's entertainment like Timmy Time singing songs and us trying out different ice cream. We know a lot of you are, are running while you're listening or commuting or doing other things. And so we want to entertain you. So that was our why with the podcast is we just want to bring value and encourage be positive. We don't want to tear people down. We wanted to really encourage and entertain the everyday runner. I think the same thing is true for trail running. If you don't know your why, we talk a lot about this on the show, then you can either become burned out or misguided or unfocused but truly kind of honing in on and focusing on your why and that why changes. And that's why I think we love hearing people's why the thing that motivates you, that gets you up out of bed, that gets you out on the trail. What is that? Why? And that should be what really propels you in the direction that you want to go for trail running. It could be, Hey, my why is I just want to be the absolute best I can be. Well, then you're going to want to probably look at nutrition and, get a coach and, you know, really 
program heavy, if it's just, Hey, for me, it's a little different now with my grandchildren. Now that I have a grandchild, I just want to be healthy and able to play with them. So now, you know, for me, it's not necessarily about PRing everyone, but it's just, it's getting out there and doing it and keeping it simple. Like I mentioned earlier. So know your why I think is so very important. And that was item number four, item number five, or the fifth thing that I've learned through this podcast is push through. I love doing this show and 99% of the time it is an absolute joy, but I will tell you, and this is just being very transparent. We do this a weekly show. There's some weeks that are harder than others. There's some weeks that I'm traveling or it's just a busy week. It's a heavy week. Perhaps an idea falls down. We can't quite get it or, or, the basers are able to come for a certain night, whatever the case may be. Sometimes, you know, you're, you're birthing this new episode every Monday and you want it to be the best content for the big ass runner herd. I just feel like the herd deserves the best content that we can possibly provide. And sometimes that's difficult, but I've always said, or always felt like let's push through, get the best content, the best show that we can, not over perfect it, but just put our best foot forward. And every time we do that, I'll get feedback from people. Oh, we just appreciated that segment. Or I really loved you get when you guys did that and pushing through and just continuing on pays dividends. The same is true for trail running. There are times when you know, you don't want to get out there or there's times during a run. You're like, oh man, I just don't know if I'm going to make it. You push through. pretty much every race I do. There's a point in which I'm like, okay, I don't feel great right now. I need to push through. It builds endurance. It builds strength. It builds character. It builds just all the, th- all the things that make, I think, a, a strong and good trail runner push through. Number six. We're almost there. Two more. Listen, learn, adjust. When we started the podcast, we had all these ideas and and some of them we still do today. And some of them we have not done anymore because they just didn't, they didn't resonate. They did. They kind of fell flat. I've talked about the one we did where we were taste testing protein bars and listening to us eat protein bars was not great audio content quality. We ditched that one. You want to put shows out there, put content out there and listen and see what resonates. I'm always surprised. In fact, there's, there's times when we'll do a a segment and I think, Oh my goodness, this is a home run. I'm going to hear such great feedback and crickets, nothing, not, that doesn't mean necessarily that it didn't go over well, but didn't get the response I thought. And there's other segments like, ah, I'm just not sure if that was, you know, landed where I want it to land and I'll get tons of feedback. And sometimes the ones I expect to do well, do well. And other ones I don't hear as much feedback. So I think the point is listen, learn and be willing to adjust. Drop a segment idea if it's not working or shorten this if you don't think it's working or if be surprised by something that gets really good response and you know, do more of that, lean into that a little bit more. So I think it's important. And this is, a, I think, a good lesson too for really anything. Listen, have a posture of listening, learn from it, and adjust. 
Same thing is true for trail running. Listening to your body, listening how your body reacts to things, seeing how your training is going, trying nutrition, tweaking it. We talk a lot about how trail running is like almost like flying a plane. You've got all these dials and you're you're trying to adjust them. It's so much fun to figure some of those things out and apply them to your next race or apply them to your next training run. Again, not not over overcomplicating it, but just listening and tweaking and getting better and better. So listen, learn, adjust, I think is helpful in podcasting. I think it's helpful in trail running. And the last one, last but not least, number seven, things I've learned doing this podcast might predict this one. Have fun. If it's not fun, you guys know on this show, we have a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun with the Bazers when they're on. I have a lot of fun interviewing the different guests that we have on. I have a lot of fun, like just a segment like this, just hopefully adding a little bit of value, giving shout outs and kudos, having people do the intros. If it's not fun, you can push through, like I said, number five for a period of time. But at some point, you're going to get that burnout and it's just not going to be what you thought it was going to be. So got to instill some fun. And again, I think the same thing is true for trail running. We talked about that last episode when we were talking about what happens when you lose the joy of running. Make sure you're injecting a lot of fun. That could be running with people that are just fun. I know I see lots of pictures each week of different running groups enjoying running together, having fun. Maybe it's getting out and not necessarily worrying about pace and just exploring and stopping and taking pictures. I know Kelly Fain does a great job of that. She does takes pictures along her runs and explores. Have fun, I think, is so important in podcasting, in trail running. And honestly, as you guys know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. A lot of this is nothing you guys don't know. I just thought I'd put it down into words. Having fun is important in life, too. And I am so fortunate to have an amazing group of friends and family that I have fun with. Well, I hope that was helpful. The list, again, is just start, keep it simple, be you, know your why, push through, listen, learn, and adjust, have fun. Hope that was helpful. Those are seven things that I have learn doing this podcast that I think also apply to trail running. Well, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 95 of the Big Ass Runner. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks to everyone that was part of the show for Glenn, that intro. Big thanks to Eric Smart of Myoderm. We are very excited about this partnership. Again, if you want to try it, which I highly recommend, it is certainly helping me. My hamstring has been giving me problems. I've been really using it there. And I talked about my neck as well. And of course, my knees. He's given everyone 20% off. Just use the code BIGRUN, B-I-G-R-U-N, in the discount code box, BIGRUN. It's myoderm.com. M-Y-A-D-E-R-M dot com. Also, big congratulations to Courtney Joseph for her amazing performance at the Cruel Jewel and for CJ for nominating her for a shout out and kudos. 
And of course, as always, a big thanks to our audio engineer who makes this sound so awesome. That is the great Steve Silly String Saunders. Well, with that, get out there, hit those trails, and keep running your asses off. And if you are a trail runner, and and especially if help us understand the difference, the help us understand some of the differences. We have an awesome one. We have an awesome one this week. Awesome job on that first fifty miler at Cruel Jewel. You rocked it. You crushed it. I was going to say some diamond joke, but nothing's coming to mind. It's that whole idea of minimal viable minimum. It's that whole idea. Scratch that, Steve. Our audio engineer, Mr. Steve Saunders, can can piece that together. The last lesson learned is learn how to end a segment well. That's terrible.